Shadows to Life, Chapter 4, Mrs. White, September 20th, Afternoon. Damien hopped the ticket check machine at Granville Station with casual disregard and sauntered down the stairs, still feeling the whole world had been flipped upside down, turned around and pulled inside out. He had to kill a prelate. What an absurd thing to be asked. Why had he even accepted? Sure, he knew Howard had been influencing him heavily back there, but even still. In fact, if accomplishing his mission wouldn't mean permanent Easy Street, then Damien might consider running off, getting out of town and the organization altogether. The thought made him clench his fist, and he raised it up to crash it down on a garbage bin as he exited the stairs. But he didn't. He brought it back down slowly and silently to his side, unwilling to even draw that much attention to himself. Who am I kidding? He thought. I'd never do that. It'd be way more dangerous than facing down Daniel in the first place. And besides, there had to be a reason that Howard chose him, didn't there? Surely he wouldn't sacrifice Damien for nothing? Throw away a valuable asset? Regardless, there was no doubt that this was by far the most dangerous task ever set before him. His only comfort was Leash's handle, hidden against his back, and its power as it continued to course through his body with a cold, sensual, almost musical vibrato. Power, once again, had become his only comfort. It was a grim but inescapable truth. Still, he couldn't wait to get home and practice with his new toy. The train sped out of the station and through the rainy city, making a curved route towards the waterfront where he would get off. Damien's mind, however, was still at the bank, still in the meeting where he'd found out that he was either going to fulfill his greatest desire or die a lonely and painful death. The experience felt strangely similar to the time he'd fallen off a wooden bridge and into a deep pool along a creek when he was young. No one had seen him fall in, and his only option had been to save himself sink or swim, literally. As the train entered another tunnel, Damien's view disappeared and his eyes and thoughts were pulled back to his pants. The dust spot remained where it was, once again viewable now that it had dried. His error was glaring at him. Leech seemed to read his gaze and thoughts. Let the mark serve as a reminder for next time. No mistakes. He nodded. His shadow was right. He'd been careless, and only quick thinking had prevented a potentially cruel and painful lesson from Howard. Damien remembered the first time it had happened when, after a lovely night of drinking, he'd accidentally slept in, causing him to be late for a meeting at the bank. Howard had used his powers to full effect that day, the memory of which made him shiver. Damien got off the train at Waterfront and slowly made his way to the C-Bus terminal that would take him home to Lower Lonsdale. The glass walls on either side allowed for a beautiful view of the inlet and surrounding area. Too bad it was raining again. He sighed and pretended it was Gotham, not Vancouver. Even with all its danger, Gotham was a cool, fantastical place with superheroes and villains that battled over its tonally dark city where the rain actually added to the mood. It was a place where bad things happened to other people, not like Vancouver, where the rain added nothing, and bad things always seemed to happen to him. 
The rain really made a boring commute that much drearier. Something he could complain about to no one, as, as far as he knew, he was the only siphon who bothered to live outside the crisis center, besides Howard and Frank. It wasn't all that convenient, to be sure, but it made up for it in safety. The safety of not living in a snake pit. And at least it came with an added bonus of pissing Burns off. His jealousy was palatable almost every time Damien visited. The thought triggered a memory forcing Damien to stop halfway down the walkway and turn into a window so he could grin out of it without being thought a lunatic. What are you laughing about? His shadow knew he only laughed for no reason in public when it was a memory. He seemed to enjoy being reminded of previous victories. Damien kept his face turned away like he was checking out the view and whispered to his shadow. I was remembering the first time I created that pride illusion and the look on Burns' face. You remember that? Leech chuckled with a sound like a rock grinding machine. (laughs) Oh, that. That was wonderful, wasn't it? Damien nodded as he further basked in the memory. It was a good thing he had Leech instead of Burns, or the tables might have been turned. You're just lucky to have me, aren't you? The smile on Damien's face quickly soured, even though he knew it was true. Being reminded was unpleasant. He continued down towards the dock without further comment. Lucky, eh? It was a word that Damien had never associated with himself, though in this case he supposed it was true. According to Leech, siphons with more than one power were rarely found because it required a certain kind of shadow in order to teach them. Stuck with a power you didn't want, and you were out of luck. Leech happened to be one of the few shadows that knew how to teach and nurture more than one gift. Damien's face twisted in a grimace at the thought. Somehow Leech and nurture just didn't go together. More like festered. Still, even knowing that he had more tools than anyone else, Damien hadn't been expecting such an assignment. Today's meeting was the first time that Howard had ever shown him even a modicum of real respect. It felt both wonderful and scary at the same time. He was one step closer to his goal of having his own branch and no one to answer to, besides the council, of course. The stakes, however, were inarguably higher. Damien boarded the sea bus with a small crowd. The busier lunchtime sailings had come and gone, leaving him an easily, sparsely populated ride. As usual, he sat at the back where he liked to watch the city as the boat crossed the inlet. As Vancouver pulled away and shrank, the warm glow of Howard's respect and gift faded into memory. It was time to start planning. He began going over what he knew about Daniel in his mind. Fact 1. Being a prelate meant that Daniel was roughly as powerful as Howard. Or at least powerful enough that Howard had never directly challenged Daniel himself. They were both the same rank in essence. In Daniel's case, a tier two fighter blessed by a light being, a spiritual entity that vassals and their sacred followers mistook for an actual biblical angel. Damien shook his head in disgust at the gullibility they constantly displayed, even as acid threatened to burn a hole in his stomach. But he has to be incredibly powerful, Damien thought. For Howard, removing the prelate and most powerful warrior of the group they were at war with would only benefit the siphon cause, and secure ever more influence over the city, not to mention the organization in which he worked. 
Howard wasn't willing to take the chance, which meant that Daniel was dangerous in the extreme. But, Damien reminded himself, dwelling on just how powerful Daniel was would get him nowhere. Failing would mean death at Daniel's hands, but chickening out would mean a far worse one at Howard's. Fact two, even though he knew practically nothing about Daniel, there was one thing that every vassal held in common. They fought fair. It was stupid to be sure, and Damien certainly held no qualms about using it against him, but the key would be to prepare dirty tricks that Daniel didn't expect. He'd probably already run the gamut of traps and chicanery in his day. Damien would have to be creative. Damien sighed. Not much to go on, but it was a start. Stepping off the sea bus, Damien made his way up the hill towards his apartment. It wasn't anything fancy, but at least it wasn't in the awful crisis center anymore. Damien knew he had lasted longer as top dog because he didn't sleep there. It wouldn't be so bad if he was challenged to a duel or something similar when the time came, but Siphons tended to lean towards much more devious methods of removal, like what Damien himself had done to Barf. A little poison in his beer and he was none the wiser. No one was. Some might have had their suspicions, sure, but nothing that could be proven, and he was pretty sure that no one missed the guy, or his thuggish and cruel treatment of everyone under him. Damien walked up past his street and continued to the back alley. Going in the front entrance would be far more convenient, but that was on the main road, and anyone could follow from a distance and discover where he lived. The back entrance, however, was located between the roads and apartment buildings on either side. The narrow street held no place for a would-be spy to hide, which meant that it was impossible to follow him without being noticed. It was the very reason he had picked the apartment. Well, that and the manager. With one last glance over his shoulder, Damien entered the old building and then his apartment. He'd barely shut the door when a knock came, startling him. He looked through the peephole even though he knew who was there, and opened the door. Hi, Mrs. White. Your payment is due she said, without preamble. I remembered. No, you didn't. Damien pushed down the anger at Leech and focused on Mrs. White. I was coming to see you, but I just got home, and I wanted to change out of my suit. Damien waved a hand down at the offending garment. Mrs. White didn't bother to respond, but just turned around and waved a beckoning hand. Some of the looser wisps of her short brown hair seemed to float with the motion dancing around her head now that they'd pulled loose from their ponytail prison. She had a skinny, no, wiry frame that seemed to indicate that she exercised somehow, even though Damien had never seen her leave the building, and she had no equipment inside for doing so. Damien wanted to protest going in, but didn't bother. He'd need to take care of his rent payment at some point anyway. Probably best to get it over with and not piss her off any more than he already had. He followed her into her apartment and the strong smell of coffee inside. She began her usual rant. This is the reason you don't pay rent. I shouldn't have to track you down for it. Mrs. White walked over to a solitary recliner set up in front of her TV and sat down heavily on a baby change mat covering the seat cushion. She closed her eyes and leaned back. The moment she did, she looked ten years younger. Not that Damien had any idea how old she was. Somewhere for sure between 35 and 60, he thought. Regardless, when laying back for a treatment was the only time that the hard frown lines that always accompanied her face disappeared 
and her brow unfurrowed. If Damien hadn't known better, he might think she was pleasant. But he did know better. It was one of the very few things that he did know. That and that she was the only survivor of her unit in Afghanistan, and whatever she had done to get out alive had cost her a piece of herself. Oh, and that she introduced herself as Mrs. White, even though she clearly had no husband. She tends to repeat herself, does she not? Damien added that to the list, nodding both at Leech's comment and to satisfy Mrs. White. She usually stopped once he admitted defeat. I know, like I said, I just wanted to change. Bullshit. That's the same excuse you used on the first. No, my boss just got back from London then. I had to go in early and I didn't get back till past midnight. Did you want me to come over and wake you? He shouted at her without meaning to, knowing it was a bad idea. Mrs. White's eyes snapped open. All the hardness to her face returned. The excuse doesn't matter. I know what you were doing. You were avoiding me just like you always do when it's payday. She scowled, daring him to deny the validity of her statement before closing her eyes again. Joke's on you. I avoid you all the time, he muttered. Ha! Clever. Mrs. White didn't respond, but instead tilted her chin up as if she was willing his hand to come down onto her forehead. A true addict. Damien sighed. He hated this part, but it was the only way he could afford his relatively nice apartment, the equipment he used for his job, and still afford all the comics he collected. He leaned forward and placed his thumb between Mrs. White's eyes, resting his fingers along her hairline. Unlike actual greed specialists, he had to make contact with skin, and between the eyes was the best spot to do it. If he was as talented as Scratch in the use of greed, he could probably give her a more controlled high, but greed was one of his weakest powers. Not that Mrs. White ever complained. Concentrating, he sent waves of extreme desire and satisfaction into her body, before taking them away again. Back and forth, he built her up, never giving her body a chance to acclimate to its own chemicals slowly building her towards a climax. She instantly began her dance of spasms and zombie-like moans. Only a few moments in and already he could smell the ammonia wafting up. He frowned and looked down. Sure enough, Mrs. White had once again pissed herself. She didn't do it every time, but often enough that it only added to his reluctance to come over. At least she no longer crapped herself like in the early days. The smell had been awful. Of course, he still hated coming over, The whole experience made him feel dirty somehow, like a dealer that even sticks the needle in for you. But he'd never even considered stopping. There was no point. She'd probably crawl back to whatever pill she'd been on when he found her anyway. But even still, the self-loathing never left, even after he was quit of the apartment. With one last quivering breath and jerky spasm, Mrs. White lapsed into unconsciousness. He took a step back and noticed the same little smile that always pulled at her cheek after a treatment. It was the only time Damien ever saw the expression on her face. It made him wonder what had happened to her, to make her like she was. Like most addicts, it was probably some unspeakable tragedy or abuse, but still none of his concern. His payment complete, Damien walked over and picked up a fleece blanket. He covered Mrs. White then wiped away the tears on her face with the corner of it. She'd be out for eight hours at least, and probably get cold. What are you doing? 
She wasn't even nice to you. Shut up, Leech, Damien whispered, but he pulled the blanket off anyway before leaving. I need a drink, he said. Damien could practically feel Leech grinning behind him. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please, if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at Rob V. Johnson. It really helps, and that way you can see the moment I post the latest chapter. Also, please let your friends know who you think would enjoy the story. See you next time.